on the wrestling podcast about nothing. We're calling for retirement. I know that makes Fury's ears perk up, but we're not talking about a person, but those worn out spots and played out moves that we've seen in matches thousands of times. Today, Sunny Goodspeed helps us tell you which ones should be banned forever. Headlock tackle, drop down, leapfrog, hip toss, get it again, brother. <laughs> Plus, your promo about nothing is so much more, but first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 194, a production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast. Currently on next did hiatus from the ring. And uh, joining me as always is a veteran of the ring on the Independent Mat Wars. He is. He is also the owner-operator, head trainer of the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, as well as the owner-operator, promoter, booker, future champion of Chaotic Wrestling. I know. The permanent host of the wrestling podcast about nothing, the firebrand Brian Fury. Hi. Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? Good. We only got one Brian here this week. Just one. Just one. Brian Malonis, the other veteran of the uh, Independent Matt Wars, is on assignment. Hitting the highways and byways? He is in airways. Heading to uh, Bad Street. USA? Yeah. Atlanta, GA, even. (laughs) So he's doing that thing with uh, Ring of Honor this weekend. In his stead, we have another veteran of the Matt Wars here as well. And always an enjoyable character to have around. Yes, he is the co-host of the Dropkick Kitchen. And I remember this time, he is a New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Famer. True story. True story. I, I showed you my plaque earlier. I carry it around my neck like <laughs> like Flavor Flav. Sonny <laughs> <laughs> Goodspeed is here. Hi, Sonny. What's going on, gentlemen? Thanks for having me again. Yeah, I think like maybe you are the new permanent think- guest host. And here's the thing. I'll get you my bio. Thank you. I wow, will. you're going to bury me right off the top. <laughs> right the, I mean, I'm just saying. Now, every week, he just pleads and begs for the bio. It's Sonny, there's the door. <laughs> step in my out. office. What were you saying earlier? Step in my office. <laughs> this fired. is, you're this is your office, Brian. We are, once again, at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. Yes, I will tell you right now, I'm going to be in and out a little bit. Uh, I got I got training to do downstairs. We have students in the middle of class. Uh, I wasn't here on Tuesday, so I feel like a dirt bag if I'm not here for two days in a week. Uh, so I'll be in and out a little bit of this podcast, d- doing the best I can to fulfill all my duties as the busiest man in New England professional wrestling. Well, I'm glad that you're uh, carving out a little time for us here. Of course. Of course. And Sonny as well. Uh, Absolutely. Stepping in for the big man. Yeah, I got nothing going on tonight. I figured uh, you needed a big man to fill in, so here you I am. You had nothing going on tonight? I know. It's really weird. Betty was already, uh, you know, Betty was doing her thing. I think she was reciting the house or whatever she had to do after work. <laughs> laying concrete or whatever it is she does. Leo's got no work for you? No, Leo had nothing for me today. Really? Yeah, I'm I'm very shocked. He's my agent, as we talked about. He's my agent. I had nothing. I heard nothing from him, so. Leo Connors, of course, the uh, host of The Ring and All Other Sports, where Brian Fury this past week was a guest. It was just there, yeah. Yeah, he was just there at the the illustrious studio in downtown Nashua. Coughing up a storm. (laughs) Was I? (laughs) A couple times. You got a cough once in a while. I took a look. Yeah, you need a little perusing. Yeah, so uh, look up uh, Leo Connors. Just it's his, it's his name on YouTube to find his channel where he uh, has all the uh, shows that he's done for the Ring and all other sports. We got about three minutes of all other sports in on this episode. Yeah, I did hear you talk about hockey for a little, <laughs> a little bit. bit. A little bit of hockey, a little bit of Patriots at the beginning, so he doesn't have to for another three episodes. Uh, at least. just go back to wrestling now, and the all other sports won't be there for another like eight episodes. He's to fill his, his obligations. <laughs> yes. That's very nice. Uh, so last week on the podcast here, we talked about wrestling's biggest busts. Sonny. Oh, yeah. Did anything yeah. come to mind to you that we might not have talked about? And I didn't hear it because I just haven't finished the episode yet, but did anybody mention Sid Vicious? No. You think he was a bust? I thought he was a bust. like World we, champion. Main event at WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> but so did so did the Miz, and you know what I mean? So did, They're not busts. He's not a bust either. The Miz isn't, but you, like you said, Dolph Ziggler. 
Right? I don't know if he main evented a WrestleMania, but nope. he must have main evented a house show or something somewhere. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> I'm sure, in a tag match somewhere. Yeah, in a tag, <laughs> a tag match. But I don't know. I that was the first name that came to my mind was was Sid Vicious, just a guy that just I just think with his size, his look could have been a whole lot more than he was. I guess you saw him as the next Hulk Hogan at the time, maybe. I, I don't. You said it best. I think that I don't think there's anybody that could be the next Hulk Hogan. I think you were just too far of a lead for Hogan to, for anybody to ever catch up to him. Nobody was ever going to have that type of run again. I don't think. But I think Sid could have. I don't know if it just was his lack of or just his inability to. He, he definitely checked all the boxes that uh, Vince was looking for. Yeah, absolutely sure. right. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I think some people had that level of expectation for him. Mark Merrow in the WWE. Ooh. Oh, all right. That Johnny B. Bad character. I was I loved that. I loved that. <laughs> when he came over and he started wearing he was the wild man or whatever. That was Look at some, pointing to his eyes. That was some eyes. yeah, that was some hot garbage. That was gross. Kinda how turn it around with the marvelous mark thing though, when he just started doing the boxing thing. Yeah, a little, I guess. Then he started yeah. wearing that stupid do rag that just <laughs> He just he tried to be a tough guy, but I just keep seeing eyeliner, you know? Mm. Another one I would think is um Brodus Clay. He had all those vignettes, and then it came out as the Funkadelic, right? Which Funkadelic, uh, the um, no, the 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 the, 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 <laughs> the Funkasaurus, yeah, yes, which was tremendous. I enjoyed it. I remember so did Crockett I. so angry. I was. You were livid. You looked up from the dirt sheets for like three minutes during Raw, <laughs> and you were angry as hell that that's what they were doing with him. It it just uh, it was a one eighty from what they were promoting him as leading up to it. Yeah, it was like literally like two weeks before, the week before they had these dark vignettes with them. Oh, yeah. But then he came out to somebody call my mama or whatever, oh, and yeah. I I literally think I got out of my chair and was so excited. I was like, I don't care if he never wrestles. I just want to see this entrance. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing a Kangol hat? Come on. How awesome was that? Brian Malonis, probably uh, <laughs> 10 times as angry as I, I would have been. dance. There they go again. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, He's not a fan of that. No? Sonny Goodspeed. Well, listen. That guy's dancing, Sonny. He hates He's them. not. Really? That's weird. Me too. I'm the worst. <laughs> I think that's the worst. That guy should just not dance, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> you didn't make yeah. a living yeah. doing well, that. Well, no, I definitely didn't make a living <laughs> doing that. But I, <laughs> but I did do it. <laughs> you made a meal on I Saturday made a meal, night. Yeah, Sunny Gas Money. I thought that was my last name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, some other people out there had some picks for their biggest busts. Uh, Chris from Figures Toys Company. We interviewed him a while back. Check out that episode. He says Brockus. Do you remember Brockus? Oh, the hype behind when, him yeah. when Brian first came up with his first with his first one. That's who I thought he was going to be talking about. I can't remember who you were talking about. Uh, Nathan Jones. Nathan yes. Jones. Yes. I thought you were going to talk about Brockus because those were the vignettes too that were like every week. You just saw this big gassed up freak, and then and then the bell rang. Right? Is that what they say? And then the bell rang. Yeah. The, big, the biggest thing he ever did was appear in Wrestling with Shadows. He did a couple of ECWs, right? Well, the biggest thing he ever did was Wrestling with Shadows. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brockus, uh, also DL Hurst, a student he's, of yours. He's a bust? No, 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 no. Not yet. No. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a second. Now. I was going to say, we haven't told him yet, so we <laughs> yeah. you have to edit this out. Dale Hurst, he's listening to the show. He's at DL underscore wrestles. He's always looking for new followers. He's a. Uh, we're trying to get to 2,000, I think. He was begging and begging to get to 2,000, yes. yes. He said, you've forgotten one, Heidenreich. Oh. Yeah. It's all, there's all these like mid-2000s guys that were, they were banking on, the, you know, the tall, ripped guys. So many mid-2000s SmackDown guys, I have no idea who some of them are. Like, yeah. There's like the Heidenreichs, the Luther Reigns, the oh, Orlando yeah. Jordan. How, how about the guy that came out in all white there? The, the Mordecai? Mordecai. Yeah, yeah, yeah that oh, guy. Yeah, all that those guy. guys, yeah. Like, yeah. Heidenreich, come on, he was the new member of LOD. He was. How could he be a bust? <laughs> he had like the skull makeup, looked pretty he, cool. He sure did. And he also uh, bumped around Psycho and the future Ivar and yeah, the he crowd. Yeah, Ivar, yeah, that's right. And uh, Andrea Lyons bumped too early for him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard that story before. <laughs> he, he, they, uh, they had a bunch of chaotic guys go and uh, do this thing where Heidenreich goes into the crowd and just starts bumping fans around and of course it was guys from here at the chaotic wrestling school at the time and uh psycho was one of them and handsome johnny the future eye of our was another one and one was a guy andre lyons who was uh, a guy who 
had a promising future, but he knee issues. Yeah, his really. Knee, uh, his knee kept buckling out and couldn't stick there. Yeah, it was not good. Yeah, so uh, Hydrock was doing the, the like the Hogan punches, where he grabs your head and then punches you with the other hand. So when he went to grab Andre's head, as soon as he made contact with Andre's head, Andre bumped. So <laughs> that's what happened. That, and that didn't go over well? Apparently they got backstage and everyone was thanked. I think Fit Finley was the guy who, you know, produced the segment. So he shook everyone's hand, went down the line, didn't shake Andre's hand and walked away. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that's well, a, see you later. Yeah. Yeah, so that's Heidenreich. Uh Austin Clay Kendall says uh biggest bust the invasion angle. Yeah, that's one of those things where you know, you envision it in your head, and you hear all these years later is like why it didn't work out the way that it should have or could have. These guys were getting paid to just stay home, so they didn't have to come in. So yeah, but yeah. but still, they kind of bombed it anyways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they didn't have any of their top stars to, that they could have done a, a proper invasion angle with. They had. I don't yeah. know, who did they even have? Like, I don't like, even know. Like, like Booker T was Buffin the biggest, Booker. biggest yeah, guy. Yeah, Booker T was yeah. the biggest guy. Who wasn't... I mean, bringing over, like, you know, Mark Jindrak, Sean O'Hare, right. and, like, you know, that's not necessarily... Yeah, and it just... Uh, big representatives with WCW. You know, they say the hindsight is twenty twenty, and they, they looking back on it, I'm sure they regret doing what they did or obviously could have made changes, but I think saving themselves all that money was definitely the right choice. Maybe. By not bringing those guys in at that time. I remember the, the first shot in the invasion angle, essentially, was Lance Storm doing a run-in and super-kicking someone. Yeah, he was like, yeah, I think he was like the first one, right? It was like, yeah, I think it was in Canada, so they just decided to do it. And I'm like, wow, that's how you start this whole thing out? With just that's right, yeah. And then then they then they do like follow it up with like a pay-per-view, and they were all in a skybox somewhere or something. That was the WrestleMania that, WrestleMania that year, yeah. Or, that was like five days later or something, yeah. like six days after they the last Nitro. Right, yeah, it was so bizarre. And uh, finally, David Ratty, who is a Chaotic Wrestling super fan, one of the longtime fans of Chaotic Wrestling, at Dave Ratman. His honorable mention goes to Mason Ryan. Is Remember mid, Mason Ryan? Two thousand, big English guy. Look like I'm gonna uh, have to Google him. Look right like now. Batista. Yes, this very similar look to Batista. He ended up in the Nexus, and then he ended up in Cirque du Soleil or something like that. <laughs> I think that's what <laughs> he's did doing he? now or something. Yeah. And but yeah, this, he was that guy was a monster. He was a monster, and uh, yeah, they tried and tried and tried with him. But yeah, oh, just, this that's weird. I thought so. He just came up, and I thought I was looking at Batista here. <laughs> like exactly. Wow, that guy is jacked. Okay, yeah. so I I remember now. I do remember him being there. Yeah, and I thought he was like a Batista. I forgot he was in the Nexus. Wow, jeez, not a small man. Uh, so, someone just came to mind here. Uh, Matt Morgan. Matt Morgan. Was Matt Morgan. How giant. does that fail? A seven foot tall, ripped guy. They give him a stuttering gimmick. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. How does it make any sense? Who knows what's going on? <laughs> there's. I mean, I'm sure there's a ton more. Let us know. Keep a uh, keep letting us know at the WPAN on Twitter. Your biggest busts in wrestling, and uh, we could do another. 12 shows on yeah. this. But uh, let's talk about BrianMalonis.com for just a second. I mean, he's not here. That's my cue. I'll see you guys in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, completely, I wish I could walk out. <laughs> Brian Fury. <laughs> but anyway, BrianMalonis.com. He's selling his t-shirts. He's peddling his merch. And uh, you can get the Drinking Bears the Care shirt. I love that shirt. You, you got one? I'm getting one. You yes. are getting one. I am getting one. Okay, so Brian Malonis, look out for his order. Yes. Maybe you can slip him a little something. Yeah, maybe maybe an autographed picture because, you know, I don't see you enough. Yeah. Well, maybe. actually, this is coming from Pro Wrestling Tees, so you probably oh, so not forget get it. Then I probably won't get anything. <laughs> yeah. Get all the uh, merch there from Brian Malonis at brianmalonis.com. And uh, our website is the WPAN.com. Coming soon, a... Bio from Sonny Goodspeed. Yes, absolutely. From what I understand. And uh, also, you can find ways to listen to the podcast there, all the various podcast platforms, including Spotify and the uh, social media links is there as well. We are basically at the WPAN on all social media platforms. And you got the bios. Uh, Brian Furies is coming soon, it says. Yeah. And uh, the pictures, all that stuff over there at the WPAN.com. That is the wpan.com all right sunny goodspeed retire these spots so i thought i thought about this and and i thought about it two different ways like spots or moves that are just 
overdone and everybody does them and they don't have the same meaning anymore. Now, Crockett, I'm a little older than you, so I remember back in the day when an abdominal stretch used to be a finish to a match. Like Ooh. a guy would tap. Uh, Bob Orton would use a superplex, meaning that he came off the second rope. Yes. You know, that was a superplex back in the day. Um, Hogan with his leg drop. You know what I mean? It was a, it was a much simpler time. So now to see how things have elevated, almost to the dangerous point, though, that spot that I see far too often where they give him a powerbomb to the outside on the apron. Mm-hmm. I, I've worked in a ton of shitty rings. I, I hate stepping onto the ring to get in, you know, on the apron to get into the <laughs> ring sometimes. I would not want to take powerbomb onto the ring apron that just seems so unsafe to me am i am i the only one i can't be the no only no one, no right? no i mean people like, you hear people talking about it all the time and especially yeah like you talk about the independent rings like you got some of the boards are misaligned yeah, and just, longer I mean, than the other ones and it's yeah. like sometimes the edge of that apron is like is super dangerous yes it's 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 uh i mean it's metal and two by 12s you know what i mean there's not independent wrestling doesn't have all the money to buy like those cool corner or apron pads that like WWE I see has now. You know, they have it actually kind of sits into where they have the LED screen. Yes. Have you seen it? So it's it's kind of like a it's its own pad for that spot. It's weird, but they don't have that. You know what I mean? When you're working at the VFWs and around New England, and you're bumping into shitty steel and and splintered two by twelves. I that's a spot that I would I I could outlaw. Yeah, I would never want to see it again. But it just yeah, looks guy, dangerous. Guys see the stuff on TV and said, oh, "I'm going to do it this Friday night at the Elks Lodge." Right. And yeah, yeah. you know what they're not what they're not understanding is that what they're seeing on TV. You know, they're, on TV, four million people are watching it. You know what I mean? You're at the Elks Lodge and 104 people are watching it. It's a lot different, and you're getting paid way less. And you have to go to work the following morning or, you know, the following Monday, whatever. You got to take care of yourself, you know, and you, some of the guys have families or whatever. You got to look out for yourself and be safe. Uh, how about my first one? The Indie Standoff. Yes. You're shaking your head. It's it's not coming through on the... Uh... Uh, I, I wish this was... <laughs> you know, I've been... A, I've I've seen that so many times. We call it the respect spot, you know. Where like you, whatever it is, it's a little tit for tat or whatever. And then they they stand off, look at each other, look to the crowd, and then everybody does that nice slow clap, clap, whatever yeah. that. It's so ridiculous, and it's like I don't understand how it's still being done when it's so predictable. It's one of those things that just like if it was done organically, but when you know when you start seeing guys pair off and, and go they're into going these crazy back and, spots. They, they're either both missing their moves or they're either yeah. both going back and forth, hitting the moves and doing... Yeah. yeah it, it's, it's just... It doesn't make any sense. That's a great one, Mike. That is a great spot. Oh. And I was just yeah. looking on online like this past week and I saw they were doing this in ECW in like, you know, the mid to late 90s. Yeah. And... Uh, like when did Ring of Honor start? Uh, early 2000s. Yeah. Okay. So like right after ECW closed, like so, not too long after. Yeah. That. So I was gonna say then definitely before that then because I I remember being around and going to shows and seeing it. Now I mean people are still doing it. It's just they're doing more stuff in between. So it's yeah. just way different. Like, <laughs> but it's crazy though. That's a uh, that's a good one, Mike. What else can we retire? So I was talking to Julian downstairs and Julian Star. Uh, listen to their podcast. Yes, Truth, Justice, in the New England Pro Wrestling Way. I did tell him earlier, and this is a little plug for them this past episode where they had uh big daddy dave walker on it yes one of my favorite episodes because i haven't heard dave walker talk or, or dave cormier talk in probably 18 years really so it was so awesome to just hear him again like i it made me want to go find him and see him again so it was cool yeah tarzan and julian had the guys they had their first matches with on yeah. the show to talk about it which is a cool concept it was a cool concept but um so we were talking and uh he he threw out the idea of like banning like he he could never see the super kick again and be fine with it you know, and I think that's along the same lines of like all those moves that used to be finishers, and then now they're just in matches like randomly you know yeah like a super kick um, it can never be a finisher again really, no right? never really I mean unless you're unless, yeah, I mean, you're, unless you hit twelve of them yeah right you have to hit twelve of them yeah or, or six guys hitting them each twice. That would still be 12. Yeah, it's still 12, yeah. Still 12. A baker's dozen, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the super kicks, 
Yeah, that's that one is just it's just overplayed. It's everybody does it. Everybody throws one. You don't it's it, you don't have to be uh, like we've seen big guys throw them. Like the kid Falaba from Impact mm-hmm. throws a super kick. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's he's a big dude. Like to be throwing a super kick, it's not like it's not like you have to be a former martial artist like they used to be. You don't have to throw that savat <laughs> kick. kick. Yeah. <laughs> throw that savat kick. You know, or Shawn Michaels, who's you know super athletic and looks good. Now everybody throws a super kick, you know, and it just, I think it just waters it down and lessens it and not as effective anymore. What's left for finishers that are sacred? The claw, daddy, the claw. <laughs> the claw. Do we want to ban the claw? Can yeah. we ban the claw, please? Yeah. What, does anybody use I, it? I, I may want to know where we are as the former home of Killer Kowalski's. Yes. Is it like sacrilege <laughs> to say, let's ban the claw as I'm staring at pictures of Killer Kowalski all around? Well, he's not going to say anything if we say that. That's so. true. <laughs> so I'm going to keep saying His it. students are going to come after me, though. Yes, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, they don't know who I am, so just you. The tombstone, is that still so, well, somewhat sacred? I think it is. Like, I think it is, but I, I think it can be done. I don't see the tombstone until the Undertaker officially retires. Then they'll bastardize that. Yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. <laughs> and then everybody's going to be using, it, and it's going to be a one count and a kick out. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just that's what happens. That's what happens. And uh, it's just that's the tombstone is a good one though too. Like now that we talked about it, I'm going to start going to shows and I'm going to start seeing it everywhere now because we <laughs> talked about it. Yeah. What um another one that Juliana brought up was the. Uh, the suicide dives. Oh yeah, suicide dives are way overdone. Like I remember seeing the first one, and I was like, first time I saw it, I was like, "Holy shit! What the? Like he just? I can't believe he did that." And then, but now again, you're seeing sometimes eight in a match. And it's opening We're, match stuff too. And it's, right, exactly. I was watching AEW last night, the private party against Adam Page and and Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. The one dude did I think four in a row. How does how is that still effective? You know, it just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense. So that's, I guess, maybe I've got that view. You know, like it's not effective anymore, so why keep doing it? And what about the dives onto the sea of people, where it's like one guy diving onto 20, and they all fall down like dominoes? Yeah, yeah it's, and, it, and it's so predictable, because you see everybody huddling around and looking and looking and huddling around, and you're just waiting for that spot. It's one of those things that, like, um, so here's the thing, like, I, everybody knows that wrestling is, is a work. Every, everybody knows, like, everybody's in on the secrets, right? But why just, why expose it to them, though? Like, let them know that it is, but not how it's done. So why would you do that? If I was a magician, I'm not going to show you how I do the card trick. Everybody knows it's not, I'm not really doing magic, but I'm not going to show them how to do it. You know, why give it away? That's my thought on those kind of things. It just looks pokey to me. Yeah, I mean, the dives, I can, I don't know if I'd ban them outright, but cut them way back. Do one or two a night. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not every match. If you go to a show and you see eight matches and six of them have a dive, they become less and less effective every single time. You know, if you saw a movie and and somebody killed uh, John Wick, whatever, killed somebody by breaking his neck, and then he did that 11 more times, the same exact thing. Less cool every time. Less cool, right? You love John Wick, don't I you? I love John Wick. <laughs> it's my, before. It's a masterpiece. It is. <laughs> the series of three. It's a masterpiece. Plus, Halle Berry was in this last one. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. I'm a big friend of the Halle Berry. Hubba hubba, huh? Ho hubba hubba, right? <laughs> oh mean, hubba hubba. When it comes to the dives, like, yeah, in the late 90s, the Monday Night Wars, it was like the luchadors in WCW because they had to because right. they were smaller guys. They had to do something to yeah. get themselves over. Right. And now with the guys that are the size of the guys that were in the main events in WCW, like these huge guys, 300 pounders, are doing the dives. Yeah, are doing dives. It's crazy. Like ECW had a good format. WCW Nitros, when they first started, had a good format. Like you saw a little bit of everything. Yeah. Like not every match was the same. Like ECW, everybody thinks it was all just blood and guts. But you had guys like Chris Jericho and you had guys like uh, Ray Mysterio and Dean Malenko that put on completely different styles of matches than a Balls Mahoney. The formula of the show was done right. You know, everybody went for the blood and the guts, but when you saw a Dean Malenko and a Chris Jericho or a Benoit working, you were like, holy shit, there's a whole other side to this business or a whole other side to this company that's not getting, I don't think it's getting its proper due, but that's, you know, those guys that are doing those dives, you're not seeing it 
you know, Bubba Ray Dudley's not doing it in the tag team main event, you know, or, or John Cronus, even though he probably could do it, wasn't doing a dive just because he could, you know. And in the AEW shows that you've seen, is there enough variety or is it everybody doing dives and everybody doing kind of the same stuff? Because a lot of people compare AEW to Nitro in the late 90s, you know, both on TNT, obviously. Yeah, which I, I don't really, I don't see the comparison at all because it's, I think it's completely different things. You really, WCW had built stars already. They had stars. AEW really doesn't have, I don't think they have the star quality like WCW had. So I don't really yeah. see the comparisons that way. The styles are different. Like, um. Their tag matches, I'm a big fan of their a lot of their tag match stuff. Cody and Dusty worked, um, I think, the Lucha Brothers last night, which was a phenomenal match. Really good. Then you have guys like Best Friends or whatever, Trent and, and Chuck Taylor, who mm-hmm. work a completely different style. SCU works a, another style. I don't think it's played out. I think it's entertaining. I think it's fast-paced, quick-moving. I like it. I enjoy it. I enjoy NXT. I flip back and forth. I don't tape anymore because I found I never watched them. So now I just flip back and forth between the two. You don't have a VCR anymore, so you can't really tape I don't them. have a VCR anymore. No. Betty made me sell it in the yard sale. <laughs> That's a shame. How about this one? Um, the manager on the outside. There's uh, two guys. They're kind of near the ropes. One puts the other guy up for a suplex. The manager pulls the leg of the baby face. Holds the baby face legs down from the outside. Of course, the heel collapses on top of him. One, two, three. So the you, Bobby Heenan WrestleMania five spot. Yeah, you think that's you think that's overdone? I've seen it out of every manager. I mean, I don't know about recently, but when I was around, yeah, I've seen the that is like the go to manager cheat to win spot. You're absolutely right because I've actually used it. I'm you know, I, I like what are we going to do for finish? I'll just I'll do the suplex thing and pull my leg. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've done it. I've I've called that spot. But yeah, I guess you're right though. I haven't seen it in a long time, so that's why I was like I was like, well, that's not really. But then when you say, yeah, yeah, I guess I've actually used it. So that is one of those things. That you think with as creative as we've gotten, as evolved as wrestling has gotten, that we we could come up with something other than that, right? I mean, maybe I'm showing that I haven't been around in a while, but when I was around, that was like a, a big thing. Managers, I don't know how much they are around right now. I, I think you got I think you got Sydney or Joey or whatever it is, and Sydney Bacabella, and who else really do we have as managers around? In here? New England, yeah. Not, uh, Ed Hunt out in APW, mm-hmm. but I'm sure he's done it. Yeah, Let I'm us know, sure Ed. He has. Yeah, Ed. Another one that Julian talked about. He. Uh, do, any of the, do you have any of your own? I do, actually. Oh, no, you can so, tell, tell me what one of Julian's. Julian, the, he hates that running European uppercut because it literally just looks like a body check, and I I agree with that one. I'm okay with like a European uppercut, you know what I mean, just like as a instead of a punch or a kick or whatever. But that one where you lunge across the ring and dive into the corner, it looks like a body check to me. So we've already shit on Killer Kowalski. We need to shit on Biff Busick, a student here. Who? From the New England Wrestling Academy. I mean, Oni Larkin. Oh, the manliest man? Yeah. <laughs> him. Yeah. You're shitting no, on him I'm now? Not, I, no, I'm not shitting on him. I just think that I just, I just, think that move is overplayed a little. Like, that's, it just, again, it, it looks like a body check. It looks better than, I'll tell you right now, that it looks better than a small guy doing a splash in the corner like, you know, thinking they're staying. I tell these kids in class all the time, like, you know, when I go and they do these splashes, I go, guys, if you're not doing it and it doesn't look like Sting does it, don't do it because it looks like shit otherwise. Yeah. It, I would rather see a good-looking splash than a running European uppercut. So Julian is no longer possessing your body. Now it's sunny good speed. Do you have any? <laughs> yes. Here's the one that I think is just so overplayed. The figure four reversal. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. It just it doesn't make any sense at all, and it's been like really. So Charlotte does the figure four, figure eight, or the figure eight or whatever. Again, that whole thing really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I don't know why it's a figure eight. All she she bridges, you still legs in a four shape of a four. Yeah, the whole reversal thing. It just doesn't make any sense. To reversal me. the pressure. Yeah, right. Oh, that's what it does. I forgot, Gorilla. You've been in it, haven't you? Yeah, I, uh, I'm sure I have at some point. And I do remember relieving the pressure by flipping over. 
Yeah, no, that that whole spot too. It's it's just those types of submission moves. I just don't think, or the reversal part of it. If you get put in the figure four, like remember when Flair used to do TV squashes, mm-hmm. and he put that guy in the figure four, and that guy was tapping before he even locked it in, really, yeah. you know. And then you get the build for it, right? Back then, you had the build like Ronnie Garvin or the Dusty Rhodes, so Magnum TA would try to flip out of it or whatever the case was. Then they do. Then they they would build it even higher by having Dusty pass out from the pain, right? Yeah. Now it's just done as a thing and flip over and they crawl to the ropes. It's I don't think there's much drama behind it anymore because I don't think anybody believes that anybody's gonna lose to a figure four leg lock. And I don't think it's happened in quite no. a while. Miz was using it for a minute, right? Yeah, he was taught it by uh, the Nature Boy. Yeah, and it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah. How about you? What do you have next? Well, um, okay, let's talk about the three clothesline comeback or the hot tag. Yeah. Where the you know it's guy gets tagged in clothesline, 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 and then on to the next thing. Something on the clotheslines, please. Yeah, there's there's so many other things you can do in that spot. That's why I like uh, when I come to the school here and Brian, you know, will run a training and he'll have guys come up with those different spots. And uh, when they do those same generic, he freaks out. He yells at the kids because he's <laughs> like, this is the time we get creative, do something else, whether it's a back elbow, a kick or anything else, anything else other than three clotheslines and powder or, or three clotheslines and a pin or whatever, you know? It's just, there's a million other things I can't literally can't think of a single thing right now, but <laughs> but there's got to be, you know what I mean? It's We're talking about the the uh, hot tag, three clotheslines, and then, right. and I was just explaining that when you run classes here and you have them do those spots and they do those those same spots, <laughs> and you freak out. And I, They're brand new kids. are like, come on. The, yeah. You just watch the person before you do it. Do something different. Do yeah. something different, yeah. What do we got? We got a long list of stuff. Oh, yeah. Have, have we said uh, sunset flip, roll through, throw the kick, duck, schoolboy? No, we have not said that. Can we get rid that. of that one? <laughs> Please? You're not, you're not having that one? No, no thanks. See, that's another. That's a newer spot that's already been played out, right? Yeah. Yeah. What else Love. you got there, Brian Fury? Well, Let's get them on so air while you're here. You tag matches. You do like the three suicide dives in a row, one to each side of the ring, back and forth, back and forth. So right? I was just saying, watching AEW last night, I think the private party, private party did like, I think yeah. they did four, right? Like it was, I I was, like, it was Yeah, all different dives. Yeah, but, yeah. but it was four dives. Yeah, I, th- I think we said don't retire the dive, but let's severely Make a special again. Yes. Yeah. Pump kicks, right? A lot of pump kicks. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about <laughs> pump kicks yet. Yeah. Pump kick city. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. yeah, lots of pump kicks. I mean, if you guys are thinking spots, or are you thinking just moves Spots, in moves, anything, it's been, really. I mean, it's been more spots, but we talked about the super kick. We talked about, oh, perhaps the claw. I get Killer Kowalski staring at Abby here. We're <laughs> yeah. talking about perhaps getting rid of the claw. Just, like, like overplayed. Rid of it. And just, I mean, it needs to come back. What are you talking about? You think? No, I really don't. <laughs> you know, What's a move d- to you, Brian Fury? We say Canadian Destroyers. No, we didn't say that. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's just it's just become a, a thing now. I don't think it's it's has the same uh, that and like a reverse Frankensteiner. To me, those used to be huge and special. And when you saw it, it was like wow. Now you see it, and you just go, all right. <laughs> right it's All just right. yeah what's next because right. it's, it's nobody's gonna get pinned from it nobody you know what i mean it's just one of those things yeah. it, it like it's, it's just something that's kind of been used and used and used to death now where it it doesn't have a it, it doesn't have the meaning that it once did and right. I, I know i sound like an old person doing it but they could literally do anything else and it would be the same thing in, in the in its place yeah it's not special anymore you know like we were talking about like the the watering down of the super kick. It's just not special anymore. You know, like the tombstone we were talking about, still special, but you, like you said, as soon as Undertaker retires, the thing's going to be hoard out to everybody. Everybody's going to use it and is going to dumb it down. How about this, Brian Fury? Let's uh, get on the referees a little bit. Okay. Squashing the ref in the corner. <laughs> Banned. Ba- retired. Okay, so here's... This is where I will defend it. Oh. If you're going to do a ref bump, there are some refs I don't know can or 
do take good bumps. Yes. So that's an easy one for them to be able to take. I can understand. But I totally that. understand what you're saying. Like, yeah, like that's the standard when he's like, okay, we got to bump the ref, uh, squash in the corner. Yeah, it's it's rare mm-hmm. you can get somebody like you know a fat pants will be in the right place at the right time and take like a tackle bump or something where he goes flying out through the middle and bottom rope to the floor or something. Yeah. Or, or you know you, you you've taken a couple good ones. So Tony S was wasn't scared to take one or two here and there. Um, but yeah, for the most part, uh, that's a safe one that any ref can take. That's why it's kind of done so much. But yeah, I totally, at least like cut way down. Yeah, if it. they're done right, a ref bump can be awesome, you know. But if you see the same one all the time, it's nothing. Like, nothing better than the one, two kick out. I yell at the ref, push the ref. Ref pushes me back into a schoolboy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God. I liked, uh, I think, uh, Fat Pants early on in his chaotic tenure, they teased the uh, squash in the corner where, you know, it was the reversal, and then Fat Pants is like, whoa, 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 stopped, and then, like, something happened where he came out of the corner, and he got kicked, like, pump kicked, I believe, Uh-oh. right in the face, All right, which is uh, a, a different take on there it. You, you kind of tease one. the one, and then kind of go with something That's else. That's one of those ones, yeah, you, you tease something, or you put something out there that everybody has seen a million times and knows it's coming, and then when it doesn't come and you hit them with something else, like, that's that's good. That's that's, that's good, That's right. the way things should yep. be rather yep. than just, you know, same old that. Same old predictable stuff, yeah. Sunny good speed. Sir. You got anything else that you're uh, trying to get off your chest here? R- really, like, because wrestling has evolved so much, like, I, you see a lot of the same stuff. You see a lot of the same stuff, but done right, it can all be good. It can all look good. It's when it's done for no done to, to no end. Done yeah, this is one of those things where me as a trainer, this type of thing hits home, and I see a lot at class here, and I see it a lot all the time. And I, I just tell people think outside the box as much as you can. You see all these things all the time. Put a twist on it. Add something to it. Take something away from it. Fake people out with it because you know all these moves or spots that are done to death is the same thing as I put you in a chin lock, and the ref's gonna raise your hand one, two, hold it for the third type of type of time. You know, like. The crowd has just seen it a thousand times to death, so you're not doing yourself or the fans any favors. Oh, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a second. Did you hear that, Brian Fury? Uh, what? What is that? Did you hear that? I, I think I did. It's time for Sarge's Tall Tales. Whoa! Sarge's Slaughter is back. I feel so good about this. <laughs> and uh, this kind of blew up this past week in uh, pro wrestling. I actually found it like earlier in the day and I thought, oh, this would be nice. And then it really blew up and kind of I think everyone has heard this today. But a article surfaced from 1985 where this is the ultimate tall tale, by the way, for the Sarge. The ultimate tall tale. tale. Yes. The Baltimore Sun reported 1985. Reputable source. Yes. At least back in the day. That Sergeant Slaughter, a.k.a. Robert Remus, Never served time in the U.S. Marine Corps, though he claims to have been a drill instructor from 1966 to 1973. Wow. Uh, Literally, I watched a video from less than a year ago of him doing a radio interview with uh, Jim Norton and Sam Roberts. Who? Those two fine gentlemen. I've heard of Sam Roberts. Jim Norton, a fine comedian. And Jim just asks him, you were really in the service, right? He goes, oh, yeah, I was really in the service. Uh, and he said he was from like 68 to 72 or something like that. And he said, uh, oh, you were in Vietnam? He said, yeah, two tours of Vietnam. And then Jim Norton asked him what he did. And he was like really like wishy-washy. Like I was, uh, you know, infantry and keeping guys in line, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the right answer. <laughs> it does, it does sound pretty believable. But yeah, this has kind of been perpetuated. I mean, some people say that. This has always been known, but it's been perpetuated, I mean, even less than a year ago, by him, the man himself, in a non, you know, out of character supposed interview. He's talking about he went to Vietnam, but he has never, according to this article in 1985, never ever been a part of the U.S. Marine Corps. And uh, so that is the ultimate fib. Look, we all know... Sergeant Slaughter is full of shit <laughs> on a regular basis about everything that he says. But why, after all this time, and after how much wrestling has changed, does he continue to try and keep kayfabe about his fucking character that he had? I don't know, because he was in this uh, in this radio studio, you know, wearing the, <laughs> wearing the uh, camouflage <laughs> suit jacket and the hat and the whole deal. Jesus Christ. It's like he's always on. 
And that doesn't even make sense because he's the age for Vietnam, right? He's got to be in his 70s. He was 36 years old in 85. So however the old that is now. I have no idea. I can't do math. <laughs> Close to Crockett. Yeah. So, we'd be, so he'd be around like the 85. He'd be in the early 20s around the time of Vietnam. Which is, yeah, drafted and yeah. So he would like... So was he a draft dodger? Are we? Did we just uncover something? I think we might have. Did he skip off to Canada? Uh, Sergeant Slaughter. Wow. Well, he's a piece of work, that guy. <laughs> he's a piece of work. So, yeah, that's uh, Sarge's tall tale for this installment here on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Unbelievable. Another spot they should retire. Brian Fury, Sonny Goodspeed. How about any and all dumb babyface shit? Like? No, where where baby faces look dumb. Okay. The the one that annoys me the most is the heel handshake offers the handshake. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Look, this only works if you look at the crowd first and ask them, should I do it? Huh? Yeah, if they give you the okay. If the as a as a baby <laughs> face, if the fan tells you it's okay to do it, listen, you you're obligated. There are still people, there's still wrestlers, baby face. Guys that don't know how to be baby faces who agree to do this spot where they go and shake his hand and then get kicked in the gut. Same thing with the with the test of strength. Same exact spot, except you're shaking hands up over your head. Ban it. <laughs> Ban it. Banished forever. You banned. <laughs> you banned. I should add that in. I'll add that in. <laughs> the show. I'm banned. You're banned. Every time. You banned. I, uh, why? Anything where the baby face looks like a dumbass. Should be outlawed <laughs> immediately. Anything else come to mind to you, Brian Fury? Because the babyface shit. I'm just li- like a bunch of things came to my head, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, just and, like, you turn your back to the to the your opponent. Like, if I take my belt off, or if I had it, and I just turn around and like put my belt down, or you mean the Jimmy, you mean the Jimmy Snooker, Jimmy Snooker, like or go to put tying my, my boot on the middle yeah. rope, go to put my shimmer cloth jacket in the corner. <laughs> Shimmer cloth, ooh. Oh, yeah, baby. Wow, nothing but the best. Yeah, shimmer cloth. Yeah, you turn your back to him. It's it's all those same things. The Duke yeah. of Elegance had a hell of a shimmer cloth. They did. Yeah. <laughs> Wrinkles all hell. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> those things were impossible to keep not wrinkled, though. Yeah. Uh, everybody needed a Betty to, so they weren't wrinkled. <laughs> you would think a Duke would have one not uh, wrinkled. You would think, but. yeah. Yeah, I know, with his uh, lineage. But uh, yeah, the it's it was to the point where you'd expect... The babyface to catch him. The babyface to you know double cross the heel there, and then when he doesn't, you like what is happening? It's it was maybe maybe that's the genius of it, the fact that everyone is expecting him to outwit the heel, yeah. and then he doesn't. What about when you do the heel heel match, and they both kick each other in the stomach, or they both catch each other's boot at the same time? Those are always fun too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Not a fan of those. You're being facetious. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Brian Fury, you got something else to contribute here? You're in and out all, yeah, all no, episode. This, this was this was a tough subject for me to begin with because, like I said, like I go through things like this all the time with my students and whatnot. I just try to think outside the box as much as possible. There's so many different things, but like I said, that first one off the top of my head when I first came in here, but then there's so many different, like, I don't know. You see it more in the independence and stuff. It's like... Up and over schoolboy, and then catch my line into a backslide, like like three roll ups right in a row, <laughs> like the most generic crappy roll ups in a row every time. I'm banned. You're banned. Block my suplex. Give me a small package. How about the leg trip, quick pin, leg trip, quick pin? Oh yeah, sweep cover, sweep cover, kick. Uh, both come up, double drop kick, standoff, <laughs> standoff. Stand talk about standoff. Yeah, that was one of the first ones we <laughs> talked about. The the standoff, the respect spot, bro. Come on, brother. Respect. Like, you never see a, a leg trip in that way, the sweep, ever in wrestling, except for that Bob, one spot. Oh, Bob Backlund, right? He, didn't he used to do those? I, I don't know. Did he? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. Rocky Balboa did them in Rocky Five when he fought outside against Tommy Gunn. One of your favorite movies, right? Fantastic yeah. film. Very underrated. A lot yeah, of people I hate love it for no one. reason. Yeah. It's way better than shitty Rocky Three. I'm banned. You're banned. <laughs> oh, boy. You're going to get some heat I've, over that I've one. got. I've got one. I just just came up with it. The knockoff T-shirts, the knockoff Bullet Club or NWA logos. <laughs> now it's not really a spot, but okay, it's not a spot, but it's <laughs> but it's got to stop. It's, but it's got to stop. 
Spot so moves and merch. We'll add that to the. A couple <laughs> years ago, I I started. I was thinking about it. I go, man, I should. Scott and I should do some T-shirts again, right? So then I go. I contact Teddy Goods, and I said, "Hey, man, come up with some design logos for me." I said, "I'm." Said I'm thinking about doing like uh, CBF, like the NWO. He sent it to me. It looked awesome, but I couldn't go through with it. I go, that's so shitty. I go, I can't. <laughs> I, I just literally couldn't. But then every Bullet Club T-shirt, like knockoff Bullet Club, that's all gonna stop. Ban that. Ban all that shit. I'm banned. You're banned. Yeah, I mean um, they sell though. I think a lot of the knockoff stuff, but. I know for a long time they were like the thing. I'm not sure if they're as popular as they once were, but yeah, yeah, they were they were big. How about this one? Let's uh, close this out with this one. How about the chop or strike battle, the yay boo thing at the end of a match where right. the guy, both guys are double down, both guys are coming up on their knees, uh, you know, forearm smash by one guy, yay, forearm by the other guy, boo, and they battle back and forth, yay, boo, that whole thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, I'm guilty of it. I've, I've done it numerous times. Um, Recently? No. Not, okay. But coming up, though, he's going to do it. You <laughs> <laughs> just reminded me to do that in my next yeah. match. <laughs> Your next um, comeback. So... Yeah, uh, yeah, it's so overdone now in this day and age. You see it so much. You see it a lot, especially um, with like the length the matches tend to go now, uh, and they do a lot of strike exchanges. It'll build to like them just going back and forth, like no selling, like crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, good one. Strong Michael. style, brother. Good one. And that same, and that same token. How about the uh, the two guys are exhausted and they're throwing those shitty like. Oh, because they're chops. so tired. Yeah, because they're so tired. That whole spot where they're just throwing half-ass shots at each other. That's I think that's overplayed. No, that's that should be bent. 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 Who had the best yay boo back and forth ever, Michael, do you know? Or in no, you think you're going to tell me? In your opinion? I think you're going to tell me. I would if I had, like off the top of my head, Cena and RVD at One Night Stand 2. Oh yeah. With the whole throwing his t-shirt in the, <laughs> the crowd, t-shirt back and forth. Back. Yeah, I think they had a couple. I think they did a Yebu spot with the punches like that too later on, and it was obviously deafeningly loud for RVD. I'm sure. I'm sure. Now we've talked about Muzib Shibri retired. Let's get your guys' thoughts on what should come back. What have people not seen in a while that they should uh, kind of reintroduce, bring back to wrestling? The claw. We talked about this, Sonny. Yeah, you're just throwing throwing this on us. I know you're just yeah. in, you're intimidated by the fact that I am. Killer Kowalski's face is looking at you. Right he is. Now. He's staring at me everywhere. Yeah, the ghost of Mark Boudry is in this building, and he would say <laughs> <laughs> abdominal stretch. Yeah, we we talked about the yeah. abdominal stretch. Too. I was saying that. Yeah, 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 this in and out business isn't working for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's hard, you know. They always say what's old is new, um, so you got to go back and watch some of the old stuff to kind of think of some of the stuff that should come back. Short yeah. on clothesline. Ooh. Yeah. I haven't seen one of those in a long time other than Jake. Like, yeah, short arm clothesline was solid. Pretty badass. Which you would think that people would use that more. But, yeah, that is that is one that doesn't. Nobody does that. No. Now, because we said that, everybody's going to freaking say it now. <laughs> We're going to see it everywhere. Dale Hurst is next match. Give me short arm clothesline <laughs> heavy. <laughs> it's a difficult question there, Michael, that you posed to us late in the game. Because, yeah, it's... Everything's been done to death. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you just see, and you get into a groove where you start, you get used to how things are, and you don't really think about some stuff that hasn't been done in a long time until you actually go back and watch. And it's um, a lot of that stuff is sometimes it might be passe and won't work anymore. Sometimes you're like, oh, okay, and then you won't ever remember to do it unless you kind of write it down or you know put it to you know your memory bank and maybe pull out a class one day and then make it part of your repertoire and then you know otherwise it's yeah it's going to be in one ear or out the other all right well maybe some people out there can help us out there let's hear from the people let us know at the wpan on twitter with your thoughts on moves that should be outlawed retired never to be seen again maybe something that should come back as well at the wpan on twitter use the hashtag wpan so i know you're going to get back to class yes i do thank you you just want me to write it for you what? I'll write your bio for you. No. Come I don't on. trust it, you. <laughs> Not one bit. <laughs> oh, I so I do I just came up with another spot. You came up with another spot. The old uh, tag team sunset flip. Fighting, fighting, fighting. Tag team partner holds his hand, the referee kicks the hand. Referee kicks the hand, yes. This is yeah. uh 
Yeah, so let's stick with the referee stuff as, uh, yeah, that's, the referee kicks the hands. Very, manages holding the hand or whatever the case is. Or they're, or they're just holding the ropes, yeah, one or the, the ropes. other. Yeah, exactly, whatever the case is. The old stalling sunset flip, and the ref boots him off. Overdone. What's your thought about that? Is that the referee overstepping bounds there? Or are you just saying that it's overplayed? I, so technically, if he grabs the rope, if the wrestler grabs the rope, the referee shouldn't kick his hand because he's trying to break the hold, right? Yeah. But if he's holding his partner's if he's hand, get, what, if he, what if he counts one, two, three, four? Oh, then kick him. No, kick it off. Kick the hell out of yeah, it, right? Yeah, kick the hell right out. I'd shoot. I'd throw a pump kick <laughs> at it. <laughs> shoot, a, shoot a pump kick at it. Break that Break that hold. <laughs> yeah. Not bad at all. Yeah, a lot of these referee spots, uh, we got to do a little better and come up with some different stuff. When you say we, who are you speaking of? Uh, the referee community. I guess I, referee. I guess I consider myself still yeah. a part of the community. I'm not retired, right? I'm just no. on a hiatus. You're just on a, on a hiatus. That's right. Are you ever going to come back to another one? Uh, you know, you never know. 2020, you know what I mean? It's new year, new you. Thank you. Hashtag. Yeah, you, you noticed. I did notice. Oh, yeah. well, thanks. I noticed as soon as you walked in, but I didn't want to say anything. Thank you. All right, call the voicemail line. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. Brian Fury has stepped out, but we do have a voicemail. I don't know if it addresses him or not, but uh, let's take a listen to this week's voicemail. Yeah, this is Julian Starr from Truth, Justice, and the New England Pro Wrestling Way. I'm really just talking about the fact that my partner... Uh, made it a point to call in and pull back his word because he felt bad. Can anyone help me find my partner's balls? Because for some reason, somewhere down the line, this guy became afraid to share his personal feelings. If that's what he thought, so be it. But I don't understand why he has to go ahead and pull it back. Now, with that said, that doesn't mean that Brian Fury is doing a bad job. He actually is doing one hell of a job. Uh, he became a clutch player of the wrestling podcast about nothing, so I think he does deserve his props. But with that said, my request is to my friends, help me find my my partner's balls because I can't seem to get this guy to open up on our own podcast. I'd appreciate it. Thanks. Well, I don't want that job searching for Tarzan's balls. I've seen him. I, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want everyone to see him again. <laughs> I never want to see him again. No. Nope. Not a job for me. So, yeah, last week Tarzan uh, kind of backtracked to two weeks ago when he called uh, Brian Fury like the third wheel and the toilet paper on me and Bramalonis's shoes. And he said, you know, that he's doing a hell of a job and that we are the demolition of podcasting. Really? That's what he said? The, the, I'm gonna, I the have three, to finish it on the ride home. So. The three-man team, which I thought that maybe that was a thinly veiled insult because once Crush join the team as you know i would think that crushes the brian fury role yeah once that happened that the whole team went to shit right yeah is it that really, what tarzan it, was it saying was he really tarzan complimenting us or was he shitting to, on, on brian fury yet again yeah i don't know how we, i don't know how i would take that it's a weird it's a weird it's a, one of those backhanded compliments you know i think so yeah you, you look good for a fat guy you know that kind of <laughs> thing yeah you've heard yeah. that one before i no no not no. me no <laughs> i heard it just today walking in <laughs> Brian Fury said it to me. He hurts my feelings a lot, Mike. Oh, that's a shame. So, I mean, I, I don't know that Julian uh, should be looking for Tarzan's balls because maybe he Tarzan is brilliant. Maybe. Tarzan, you know, I think it happens to all of us. So as we get older, we get a little more diplomatic and uh, a little less mouthy. You know, we can put up or tolerate with a lot, a lot more as we get older. I think we soften. You know, I think that's a good term for it. I think we soften because Tarzan used to be very outspoken, as you know. Yes. Yeah, and I think as you get older, you you soften. And Tarzan is the diplomatic one on the Truth, Justice, and New England Pro Wrestling Way podcast. That's because Julian is still like 28 years old or something, 30 years old. Yeah, Julian's like He's the shock young. jock. and Yes. And Tarzan's going full NPR. Yes, you're exactly. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. I kind of like the dynamic, though, the, yeah. the clash between it the two. It is good. I call, I, I call them collectively. I call them Starzan, the Starzan podcast. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Starzan. It's like their you know, Hollywood couple name. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Benifer yeah. and Starzan. Yeah, exactly. Benifer and Starzan. Perfect. 
So get your voicemail in on the podcast. Maybe Tarzan will call in next week and answer what Julian's saying about his balls. I mean, you got to defend your balls, right? You have to defend your balls. I mean, who else is going to defend them? Not definitely not you. you definitely you, not me. You've dis- no, you've severely distanced yourself from his balls. I wave. I'm so far away from his balls. <laughs> I'm all the way away from his balls. Okay, four zero one five eight four nine seven two six. That's the uh, phone number. Tarzan, for you to call in next week in the wrestling podcast about nothing. And uh, booking the territory. We haven't talked about them this week. I know, Sonny, you and I had a little off-air conversation about. What's the status of the whole BTT deal? Yeah, I was intrigued by it. I think I, I and then you kind of laid out what was going on and what the you know what the benefits and what the the uh, downfalls of it were. And I think uh, I, I think yeah, I, I I I'm intrigued by where to, to see where it's going to go. We we will see. I mean, Brian Malonis isn't here to fully discuss it. We've, we've taken all discussions about this on air. Yeah, and uh, we haven't come to a resolution yet. I know. Both both Brian's seem to be 100% on board, and I'm a little more uh, tentative about it. He would call me, sure. Mike Mills would call me sheepish, sheepish. about it. Because he, he did throw out that term a lot. Yes. And, and then when you said he's from Texas, that makes so much sense. <laughs> sheepish. sheep? Yeah, sheep. What they, they do now in Texas with sheep? Is that I, what you're saying? Listen. What they do in Texas stays in Texas, <laughs> from what I understand. But um, maybe does he offer you like a good downside guarantee or anything? That we're still working out, right? Still yeah. working out the numbers. I haven't, right. he- I haven't heard uh, a Mike, final. Uh, Mike, M- Mr. Mills, I'd like to come on as a consultant when it's time. <laughs> I fully uh, endorse that. Perfect. But in the meantime, you can listen to Booking the Territory on that feed. It is uh, two shows a week, Sundays and Thursdays. Check out BTT at uh, mikemills.podbean.com. That's where you can find out everything Booking the Territory, a great Southern-style wrestling podcast. And if you want more of the Northern flavor of old-school wrestling, it's our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast with Lil Joe Murata and Michael Quinn. They uh, just finished their season last week, and I think they have a special this week, and then they're going into the new season. So check out our vantage point, ovppodcast.com for everything our vantage point. And greetings from Allentown with PW. Peter Winston just had his 150th episode. Congratulations to PW on that milestone. And check out his podcast where he takes one episode of wrestling television and uh, really boils it down to the little strange minutia and uh, brings in his own quirkiness into the whole thing. PW there for greetings from Allentown. And the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. If you're trying to keep up with all the wrestling programming that's out there today, they do it for you. So just check out their podcast feed. It is the Rundown Wrestling Network at rundownwrestling.com. All right, it is time for this week's promo about nothing. Um, But, Sonny, you got any bookings coming up? Uh, I'll be at – no, I got nothing else. I'll be at my chair at my house. You can come by and see me if you like. (laughs) That's where I'll be. (laughs) <laughs> All right, but I think that Brian Fury has a show coming up. I saw, I think it's February 7th in Hudson, Massachusetts. They return to the Hudson Elks. So that's where I'll be. I'll be there. You will be there. I will be there. I'll be uh, January 25th for APW in Beverly, Massachusetts. Okay. Oh, so that's I a booking. That. that is a booking, yes. You're not appearing in front of the crowd, though, right? No. I'm, do you do commentary? I do commentary for them. Uh, for Chaotic, I do whatever is needed of me, so... Whatever's needed. So you'll see me sometimes taking tickets, stamping hands. I'll sell hot dogs. I'll checking chairs, balls. Whatever. Checking balls. I'll check all the balls. Whatever it takes. That's very nice yeah. of you. So uh, check out. Uh, that's APW on the 25th of January. That is correct in Beverly. And uh, Hudson, Massachusetts is Chaotic Wrestling's big return after Pandemonium. The road to Cold Fury is uh, in full swing. Hudson, Massachusetts, Friday. I believe it's a Friday, February 7th. This promo about nothing. Comes from the year 1984. 1984. Yeah, rock and wrestling. Rock. Oh, is alive and well. Tell me, Wendy Richter's in it? No, this no. is nothing to do with Wendy Richter. Okay, fine. It has everything to do with uh, the man from Tehran, Iran. I know that Iran tends to be in the news a little bit these days. A little bit, yeah. Just a couple. Of, I haven't really heard a whole lot what's going on, but they are in the news. I heard. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, wackadoo. But anyway, the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation, we have Mean Gene Oakland standing by with the man from Iran, the Iron Sheik, plus a turkey. Not the Gobbly Googler. No, we've already done that one. Okay. This is just a plain old turkey. You'll hear from him, kind of, in this week's promo about nothing. Excellent.
meeting Nikolai Volkov, the Russian. Come on. Come. I beg your pardon? Uh, listen, uh, Jim. Uh, uh, yes, uh, Iron Sheik, the great 1984 turkey tournament. You're going to be part of it. You know, I really don't care about that stupid idiot turkey tournament. He reminds me look like Hulk Hogan. Look at his head. Look at him. Now, that redneck stay down. Ah, tough. I'm not interested that idiot, that idiot turkey tournament. Sweet potato the turkey. So, yeah, that's just a little snippet of a uh, outtake from uh, promo day way back then. And, you know, they, they did promos like just for hours upon hours yeah. with Gene Oakland in front of that uh, backdrop. But there's a turkey tournament happening. Sunny Good Speed. Was, it, was that a white turkey? Isn't that a goose? Maybe. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, it had, it had like the whole... Uh, oh, did it have the deal? It had like the, the, little, the giblets or whatever they're called? Yeah, the little the gobbler. Hangy Lucies. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the hangy Lucies. Yeah. They were there and accounted for. That was, um, he definitely didn't like a turkey. He spit on the turkey. Like, the, there's a turkey, it's in front of them, like, on a little stand in a, in a, cage. a cage. Yeah. And so the turkey's talking, because they're, they're promoting this turkey tournament, and you hear the gobbling, and then Iron Sheik comes in, he opens the, there's a, like, a little gate on top of it, there's a little door on top of it, he opens the door of it, and grabs this thing by the neck. And pulls it up and says, look at this. Looks like Hulk Hogan. And then spit on it. And then they kind of pushed it back down and then kind of tried to close the door on it and like pushing it down. How many takes do you think that interview, that promo took? Well, that was one of one of these. Right? Because 12. If it was that one, like what was the one that actually aired? Probably not the one where they didn't. Probably harm didn't the animal. Yeah. yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Peter. Well, was Peter a thing back then? I'm sure they uh, they, probably, they dabbled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they probably oh, kept right. away from wrestling with all yeah. what's going on with Damien and Frankie and all that stuff. Yeah, '84 would have been. Yeah, and then uh, he kept calling the turkey uh, idiot, idiot, yes. idiot, the idiot turkey, the idiot turkey. I don't care. Yeah, that was good. That was definitely a promo, literally about nothing. About turkeys. Yeah. Did you hear at the end? You hear uh, Bobby Heenan say he potatoed the turkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I missed it. Now I'm going to have to go back and watch it myself. Oh, that's awesome. Bobby Heenan was great. He potatoed was the awesome. turkey. He potatoed the turkey. <laughs> you, that's a whole meal. You got the turkey, the potatoes, yeah, the potatoes, whole thing. Yeah, everything you need. What else yeah. do you need? You got, you got nothing. Spit. Everything. Yeah, you spit. Yeah, just you can pull the feathers off that way yeah. when they're lubricated. <laughs> Yeah. That's very nice. Jesus Christ. Yeah, hell of a uh, outtake there from uh, 1984. You don't yeah. see a lot of that stuff, and it's great when you can go back and see it's, it. You know, I'm surprised that it's actually that kind of stuff is released. I don't know how this uh, Richard Land came upon it. He is Who, Richard Landon? Richard Land. Oh, Land. He's oh. A, a British chap. He, he's got all these. Does he's he got really? all this footage. Yeah, it's all. I don't know where the hell he gets it all, but he's at Masked Wrestlers on Twitter. You can find all this stuff. And the uh, Turkey Tournament, if you're curious there, Sunny Goodspeed, yeah. took place in Minneapolis, Minnesota, just around the holiday, November 25th, 1984. Can I guess who went over? Please was do. Was it Junkyard Dog? No. Wasn't? It was the uh, Superfly. Jimmy Snuka? Jimmy Snuka. Mm. And uh, the aforementioned Bobby Heenan, he and Big John Studd were the co-Turkeys. In the Turkey uh, Chinaman for being the because what this was, this Turkey Chinaman, it was a steel cage battle royal. Uh-huh. How does that work? I guess the first person to escape the cage wins. But then they say the last two in the ring, the they were the co-turkeys. So it was a reverse battle royal, but inside a cage. I suppose so. The turkey tournament. That's a booking idea. Brian That's Fury. something we can bring back, Brian. I mean, you got to call it the turkey tournament. <clears throat> you have to. You missed the promo have, about nothing. I have no idea how that would work. Uh, and I don't think anybody in the audience would either. No, they would. Because you have your mascot come out there. What is it? What, is it? what did uh, Chaos Caterpillar or whatever it was? <laughs> yeah. oh, you, you came up with something brilliant. No, that was my daughter. She came up with it. As oh, okay. soon as we got in the car, she goes, Dad, how about Chaos Caterpillar? I immediately texted to Brian. He goes, I'm just going to assume that Chloe came up with that one. <laughs> That's true. It was, and he, he was absolutely right. So yeah, you can go back and hear the uh, promo about nothing, or you can uh, watch the video. 
The link to the uh, video is in the description of this episode or at the WPAN.com. So, Brian Ferry, you can go and do that and see Iron Sheik manhandle a turkey. <laughs> nice. It was very nice. And we did plug uh, Hudson February 7th. Is yes. that correct? Yes. Big show coming back to the Hudson Elks. Indeed. Very excited. Love that venue. It's very that nice. That was a great venue. That was a very nice venue. I can't really announce some of the people who are going to be there yet, but um, it's going to be a really good one. I can really? promise you that. Some people from outside of Chaotic will be there. That's all I can say right now. And that's a regular stop Hudson going forward? Hudson will be, yes. Hudson will be. All right. Well, uh, We're get on your the road to now. Cold Fury, Michael. We're on the road to Cold Fury. We'll probably have Cold Fury tickets up by the end of February, if I had to guess. Maybe even at, at the Hudson show. So, yeah. Cold Fury is March 27th. Uh, working on some stuff for that, but yeah. Where is it at? Uh, Cold Fury will be in Haverhill. In so Haverhill? Yes, at the high school? At the high school, yes. Very nice. Same venue we did it in last year. Last year, great numbers, great house, good time. Um, again, you just saw Pandemonium. Yes. Because this is uh, Monday. Monday morning, so Pandemonium just happened a couple days ago. And the winner was? There was a lot of stuff that went down in Pandemonium, Michael. Really? Michael. I couldn't believe that one thing. Look, we're pull- pulling back the curtain. We're recording this Thursday night. Pandemonium's tomorrow. The kids are doing ring crew downstairs right now. They're moving boards and everything. That's why there's no one here. Yeah, well, they're all just, they all just <laughs> head out, yeah. Booted them. Go put the ring in the truck. Um, so, yeah. So, Pandemonium's tomorrow night, but, you know, it's a happening. <laughs> it's a happening, Jess. All right, well, we'll talk more about Pandemonium, I guess, and what's going on on the road to Gold Fury coming soon. But we'll be back here next week, next Monday, for episode 195. Man, we're getting so close to 200. I'm excited. Other wrestling podcast about nothing. Till then, for Brian Malonis, he is Sonny Goodspeed. He's Brian Fury. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing. <laughs>